1: Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes.
0: Excellent throw and catch just gets inside, uses his big body, no answer for number 87.
1: And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first, and in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. (laughs) Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit.
0: Players Only. We are back another Thursday amidst all this COVID craziness. They yes. still let us in the building. One of these days, we're going to lock the door and stay on for 2 hours because we always got so much content that I feel rushed like we got to squeeze it in. Yep. So, anyway, it's Players Only. We got Joe Mays, 8-year NFL vet, played for the Chiefs and multiple other teams, and I am Danan Hughes. Players Only, 3rd year in existence, and we are here for all uh, and any new listeners. Players Only is a roundtable format that Joe and I had kicked off uh, a few years ago and basically trying to present to the fans, to the listeners, a little insight from a player's perspective. It's only he and I tonight. Normally we have Sean Barber, another former chief linebacker, uh, but we had to push him out today because – like I didn't have enough um, Pepto Bismol to take to have two defensive guys in here today, so we we kind of had security escort him away.
1: Wow, do, do y'all hit? And this is an offensive guy talking like this, by the way. So you, you know, Joe,
0: could you imagine the trash talk that I did on the field oh, based on what I'm doing on this mic every
1: week? Absolutely, I, I'm pretty sure you made it to Ooh-wee. where guys guys really they they forgot their they forgot their job. They forgot what they're supposed to do on that play, and it exactly. just came out to you. Because I know I would be that way. Boom, and yeah. that
0: was my exactly my goal.
1: Yeah, you, get you, you thinking about me, yep. so you forget about what you're supposed to do. And you playing with one less person. You play with ten instead of eleven. Accomplished. Yep. Mission accomplished. That's the game within the game, man. Yes.
0: So yes, we appreciate everybody listening in. Again, players only. We are on each and every week, Thursday from six to seven p.m. I actually, oh, I should correct that. Holidays are coming up. Yep. So we may be on uh, different evenings, but we will be having our show that will be on radio.com, the app. So if you don't hear us at this time on any specific week, because of the holidays, the bye week, next week, you can still catch our show on radio.com. Believe it. All right. The text line is open, the phone line is open, 913. 913- 576 7610. It's just Joe and me in the house, and we are players only. This is the first quarter of the show. The first quarter is brought to you by our friends at US Bank. Whatever your passion, US Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Mm-hmm. Make sure uh, we had a lot of activity last week from the text line and the phone line, and we definitely welcome. Because I don't know how much we're gonna talk about this Jets game. I yeah. mean, this last, this past Jets game. Normally, for those new listeners, we take the first quarter and we recap the last game. I feel like recapping the last game might be a little bit of a waste, <laughs> a waste of time. It, it might be
1: hard. It might be harder than 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 people may think it is. Because yeah. I mean, it's not much to talk about. You, they play, they play a Jets team. This team has been dysfunctional all season long. I mean, <laughs> whomp, whomp, whomp. and like they, they they can't they can't necessarily even you know be on one page in the locker room, let alone you know being able to go out on the on the field and play together. So it, it's kind of hard to even grade this game. I mean, the Chiefs came out and they did what they needed. To, they did what they needed to do. They did what we expected them to do. And you know they just came out, took care of business, and. Um, yeah, I mean it's not really much more than that. The, the yeah. Jets, they are who we thought they were, which is dysfunctional. And we didn't let them off the hook. And we didn't let them off the hook. And we're not supposed to. We're supposed to continue to put that foot on their throat. You know what? I
0: I tried to create some some different questions or some different angles to go with uh-huh. in this first quarter. And the one there was a couple things that came to mind. I want to I want to hear your uh perspective. I know my perspective and I think fans think that players look at those teams as scrubs. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They're scrubs. We're supposed to beat them. You know, it's kind of like a number one team in a state playing against another small school. It's like, you're supposed to beat them. You know, how much do you really focus? For me as a player, you focus up until you know you got them beat. Yep. Yep. And not just beat in on the scoreboard, but beat in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that they are just waiting for that clock to get to zero. That might happen in the first quarter. That might happen in the fourth quarter. But there's a look. There's a feel that you get on the field that tells you they they want to throw up the flag. They want to throw up the white flag. It's pretty much a done deal. Yeah. And I think for, from a fan's perspective, they may think differently. They may think that players overlooked this team like last week, like you're looking forward to the bye. Mm-hmm. You think you're better than the Panthers, you're better than the Jets, and you're just looking forward to when you got the Raiders coming up after the bye. That's not the case. No. you look uh, You look like that team is a viable force that's trying to take something from you through the game until you see – or like in the old war movies or the old Westerns till you see the white of their eyes. Yep. When you see the white of their eyes, then you recognize we got them, game's over, their bus is almost packed, it's ready to go. But up until that point, you like they are a viable force. It doesn't matter what, what organization or what team or what record they have.
1: Yeah. I mean absolutely that's that's the best way to look at it. Um, because it's those games, and they call these trap games for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's those games that you always want to look past and you say, oh, well, we should beat them single, like, just real easy. Mm -hmm. And that be the game that you lose, and that be the one that you really wish that you can get back. So you can't go into a game thinking that you already had this this team beat. Of course you're going to be confident. You're going to let them, you're going to say to yourself, well, I I know those guys can't hold me. Now you said it. But now you have to go out there and put that put those words into action. So, um, yeah, you just never look past an opponent. I mean, it is the NFL at the end of the day. Every single last one of those guys, they work their tails off to get to this position, and they're professional. Yeah. Um, not only you know the players, but the coaches as well. They're, they're gonna some coaches they actually coach better against you know other coaches that's in the NFL, whether they're a really good team or whether they're a really bad team. It doesn't necessarily matter. So uh, you know, I, I know I actually know Adam Gates personally. I play, I play, uh, play for him in Denver, and it's just it's it's unreal to me just how everything has unfolded for him being the head coach, not only with the would Jets but with the a, Dolphins. Well,
0: I mean, playing for him, would you have seen this, or did no. you think you you didn't think that he would ever get to the point of being worthy?
1: No, I, I, you mm-hmm. know what, I thought I thought he I thought he would have got to the point of being worthy because you know what, he's an offensive guy. You know, he he definitely. Uh, when it comes to him coaching the offense, they put up a ton of points, especially his time in Denver. Mm-hmm. So you expected him to get this opportunity, but you didn't expect, you know, the dysfunction that he's had in both situations that he's been in. It seems like, you know, everyone wants to point the finger at him, but at the end of the day, it is pointed at him because he's the man in charge.
0: But you know, what's the, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because you know what's interesting, and I always said some people are just made to be coordinators, mm-hmm. and it's not a knock towards them. Some people, I mean, I, I know in, in the banking business, in the mortgage business, et cetera, there are some people that will, will be processors and some people that will be originators, mm-hmm. and that's what they'll be. They, it's not that they ha- don't have aspirations, but they are their best in that lane. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen it. You know, rest in peace, Gunther Cunningham. To me, I was on a team when he was the defensive coordinator. I was off the team when he was the head coach. To me, I don't think there's an argument out there that says that he wasn't built to be a defensive coordinator. That's not a knock. No, it's It's not. It's just that, guy, there's a different amount of pressure, responsibility, other things that you have to tackle when you are the head coach, the scheduling, Mm -hmm. everything that's going on on the field, all those different uh, intricacies you have to deal with instead of just focusing on how I'm going to build this defense to blow people up.
1: Yeah, you got to be more than the X's and O's, guys, which you know Adam Gates he's he's a an X's and O's guy that's his lane yeah. he know he know how to put an offense out there and and just basically take control of a game now when it comes to being fact, a leader we got of men one of those
0: with Steve Spagnuolo i yeah. mean i mean yeah. that's not a knock yeah. i mean that's just real he is exceptionally better as a coordinator, and you can go Wade Phillips. I mean, you can go through the list.
1: Leslie of, Leslie Frazier, he's yeah. another guy. And, and, you know, both of those guys Todd come from Bowles, Philly. yeah. Yeah, Todd Bowles. Yeah, he's killing it in Tampa Bay. But, you know, during his time with the Jets, he wasn't necessarily the leader that they needed at that time. Now, that's not to say that he can't grow into that. Yeah. But that, that it's just some guys are meant to be leaders of men than other guys are. Some guys are meant to play their role and be X's and O's guys. And, and unfortunately, that's the way it's looking for Gates. Yeah. Um. And it's and it's unfortunate because I know him. I he, he's a he's actually a really really good dude. You know, as opposed to what people may think of him. His eyes was bugged out. His eyes was bugged out when more, he. I like, I have no all idea. Went to
0: those holistic oils and all that
1: stuff. He was on something, yo. Smell salts. He was on the smelling salts. I think he doubled and tripled those up and put them in the bottom, <laughs> shook them up, and it, it just came out into something that was pretty potent. Yeah. And had him looking like that, but uh. Yeah, I'm just hoping that you know he's able to actually do something with the rest of the season because as of, as of now, it's looking like he he might not last past this season.
0: Yeah, phone lines, text lines open nine one three five seven six seven six ten. I I truly get it. I I mean, ultimately going into this game, you know, I did the pregame show with Mitch Holters before we did the broadcast, and he brought up 1994. I was on the team, my second year in the C in league. We played against the Rams at Arrowhead. We were 3 and 0 with Joe Montana after we had just come off of losing in the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. So, we were on a roll and then we lost to the hapless Rams that came into Arrowhead and beat us and shut us out. I think it was either 14 or 16 to nothing. And um so leading up to the game, first of all, I had to, I had to reprimand Mitch. Like, man, <laughs> how you going to get me in that zone right before broadcast? Come on, man. You can't be throwing those darts at me. But, we, you know, he was part of the broadcast, so we had a good time with it. But I do remember that feeling of, dang, like, like we really ain't scoring against this team? Mm-hmm. So leading into this game, that was a concern of mine because it was brought to my attention literally right before kickoff. So I was glad when you look at the final score, 35-9, to nine, the game really wasn't in any kind of jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you have a team, just generally speaking, anytime you have a team that comes in the arrowhead and they're settling for field goals, more times than not, they're going to lose, oh, especially yeah. against oh, this yeah. offense. So the fact that even as proficient, if you want to consider it that, as that offense the Jets was in the first quarter moving down the field, they got in a field goal position. The defense got firm, and yep. they had to kick field goals. Yep. So, the, to me, the game was won before halftime just because of that. Because if you can't go the distance in the beginning, chances are you probably are not going to go the distance in the end. Yeah. Because Steve Spagnolo and his defense, they do an outstanding job of adjustments at halftime. And I pointed out, uh, as the color analyst in the broadcast, specific points of the game where it drastically changed from the beginning to the end, Mm -hmm. and they were running Braxton Berrios as a slot receiver, and on third and short and third and medium, he was catching those little option routes and moving the chains. The first drive of the second half, Steve Spagnuolo going to halftime, make adjustment, Traverius Ward pulls off of the outside receiver, bangs Berrios, creates fourth down. Mm -hmm. They go five times in the second half of three and out that's adjustments that's coaching at halftime and that's what shows you uh that these coaches understand their players mm-hmm. and sometimes i i wouldn't say they play coy, you know they play kind of coy in the beginning yeah. but you can kind of tell that there's op- opportunities for adjustments for tightening the screws between first half and second half that this team seems to do better than any
1: yeah and i and i think you know this better than anyone <clears throat> when it comes to being an offense you don't you don't go into the game with you know, a thousand bullets in the chamber. You go into the game with a certain amount of plays, and you can run those out of different formations. Yep. Now, you know, if you do that more than enough times, teams they tend to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, if you play, especially when you're playing against the Patriots, it's not a halftime thing. That's a they get better on the sideline yeah. thing. They, they 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 try to Some figure teams out how can teams. Do that. Yeah, they try, and and we're actually getting better at that as well. Good. Our coaching staff is really uh, starting to dial in on trying to get better during the game instead of waiting to halftime because a lot of times it's too late. And the players buy into it. Exactly. So all right. We yeah. got
0: we got somebody on the, the call-in line, Chris from Excelsior Springs. He wants to talk about Le'Veon Bell versus the Jets. Chris, what's going on?
1: I'm all right. How are you? Doing all right, bro. Hey, I, I got a question. I got the water cooler talk here. I got a friend who believes that, you know, Le'Veon was going to be bad for the Chiefs and, and all that other stuff, but I'm telling him right out the gate that you could see the game plan with the. Uh, Lavion was not going to beat him. They were. We were not going. They were not going to allow us to run all over him and embarrass him and for trading him or whatever, uh, letting him go. So I mean, I'm telling him out the gate. Out the gate, this man has made an impact already. Even for for the poorest Jets, they were not going to let him run the ball and make an embarrassment out of it. So I mean, Patrick has five touchdowns all day. I mean, it's just opening it up.
0: Yeah, great call, Chris, and great points. That's exactly what I was talking about during the break. They had made a conscious effort to stop the run and to give them credit. If you want to give the Jets credit, they accomplished that. At the end of the game, we rushed for 50 yards. Yep. You, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have anticipated going into the game, especially based on the production that they had in the last – few weeks that they would run for only 50 yards against the Jets defense. But that's why if you watch the game, you would see so many intermediate passes that were thrown. That's because the linebackers were taking those extra steps up into the hole Mm -hmm. on run fakes and opening the door for Travis Kelsey, uh, DeMarcus Robinson and Tyreek Hill to make the plays and Mark Hardman in the middle between the safeties and where the linebackers should be. Yeah. So yeah, great call, Chris. Great. Great uh, eye watching that unfold in the game. Well, we're done with the first quarter for players only. We are going to come back. We're getting some activity on the text line as well as hopefully getting some more calls like Chris's on the call in line. This is players only. But when we come back, we got to talk about there's a superstar that's under the COVID protocol Mm. for the Chiefs. Uh oh. Might impact this week. We'll talk about that next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. And we're back, Players Only, back in the building. It's the second quarter. Joe Mays is yep. in the house, dancing over in his side of the booth. Yep. Getting his groove on. Julio, doing a moonwalk back there. Julio! Julio, what's sh- I need to ask, what's his dance? What's his go to dance? What's your go to dance? I'm going to teach you how to Dougie. Ah, teach him how to Dougie, yeah. There we go. There you go. He's smooth with it. He came with it right off the cuff. Uh huh. Like there we go. And we are here back, players only. Joe Mays and I am Danon Hughes, sponsored by our friends at US Bank. Whatever your passion, US Bank can help. Turn it into your next pursuit. We have the phone lines and text lines open, 913-576-7610. We got uh, 816. What's up, boys? What's happening? We appreciate you. What's happening? We got 913. How important is the player-GM relationship? Not really important. Not really important. At Just all. Yeah. contract time. thats exactly. That's about
1: the only time that you really need to speak to the GM.
0: Yeah. I always tell, I tell people all the time, there's a difference between being friends and being friendly. Right. You want to be friendly with the GM and everybody else that can make you or take your money. But as far as, you know.
1: Being friends? Yeah. So? That don't happen. Nah. Not really. 816- mm-hmm.
0: 16-0 to zero in the rain. I was there. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for bringing that back up. I appreciate it. I was trying to bury that back into the uh, archives of my brain, but, yeah, we lost that game against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Jerome Bettis, Todd Light. Yeah, there was some players on that team. Oh, they yeah. were still garbage, but, we, I mean, th- that team shouldn't have beat us. Not those players. Those players were nice.
1: Now, if they was garbage, then what'd that make y'all? Oh, On that burn. given day, on yeah. that
0: given day, oh my God. we was, we played like garbage. Yeah. 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 I'll say that. On that given day. <laughs> the, the day after and the day before, we was nice as heck.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Y'all was the best team in the league. <laughs> then when you lose to a uh, team that you felt like if you should we'd have played that afternoon, we'd have been nice. We'd have been all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, from the 913. Hey, fellas, question. How many adjustments can you make in an NFL halftime? Because I know it's short. So halftime is roughly about 15 minutes. Uh, How many adjustments? Several, depending on what the adjustments are. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. So when I played with the Saints, uh, I played with the Chiefs for uh, six of my years, full seasons, West Coast offense, very wordy. You know, zip, red, right, slot, two jet, Y cross, Z double, blah, blah, blah and you you know you've heard John Gruden say stuff and and the west coast offense very wordy so there's very minor adjustments from the wide receiver position now as far as protections and offensive line schemes you can make several adjustments hey you know we're playing against uh green or or you know who who, who, who were uh, haley charles haley or these guys during that time let's roll our Let's roll out blocking scheme towards them, whatever side of the line of scrimmage they're on. Those are the type of things. Those are the adjustments. But then I went to the Saints before I retired, and it was a number system. So the receivers, all the odd numbers were out-cutting. All the even numbers were in-cutting routes. So you would go, you know, red right slot, 358. So then you knew the outside receiver had a three route, the inside receiver had a five route, and then the other receiver on the other side from left to right had an eight route. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you go into halftime, you say, okay, the safety's playing this way, he's playing so deep, we really can't run an eight route, which is a post. Let's go ahead and change that to a six, which is an in. Or let's go ahead and change that to a crossing route so that everybody is flooding one side of the field. Yeah, Those are kind of the adjustments that you can make. From a defense perspective, like what's the most – defensive adjustments you guys you've ever been a part of in the locker room
1: i mean it's mostly just you know about it's about a situation of football so that's that's like some of the most important football that you can play knowing what a team how a team can beat you um on second and five third and five third and short you know knowing how they're trying to come at you so you know we've had to sit down and actually make those adjustments during the halftime where we're doing it collectively as a defense and then we have to break off into our individual sections and we have our our coaching staff uh, you know talking to us too so we try to get as much information in in as little time Um, and guys just really have to keep their mouths closed and their ears open because you know at the end of the day you're making these adjustments the coaches they expect you to go out there on the field and apply them yeah and if you don't that's where you start worrying about losing your job, your job, and getting yanked. So it started becoming more than just you going out there and playing the game. It's about you thinking about, you know, at what point are they going to pull me because we made adjustments and I'm not necessarily putting them putting them through. It, yeah, yeah, I'm
0: not getting it done. Yeah, that brings that brings me to two quick points for fans out there here here two things that I learned when I was playing: will, won't, can, can't. Our offensive core, offensive coordinator. He was the uh, wide receiver coach at the time. Al Saunders went on. He was part. He was the offensive coordinator for the greatest show on turf with the Rams and Dick Vermeil Came back, was the Chiefs offensive coordinator. A great offensive mind was my wide receiver coach, and he would come in from training camp. Will, won't, can, can't. Then somebody obviously would say, what are, what are you talking about, coach? Mm-hmm. He said, if you won't, we'll find somebody who will. If you can't, we find somebody who can. And that's literally how the business works. So it's not just about, okay, if you can't run a 4-3, it's about if you can't make halftime adjustments, if you can't implement the game plan the way we want it. If you can't in the West Coast offense, it was a 12-yard hook route. It was a 6-yard out. It was a 7-step glance, which was a kind of a skinny post. Mm -hmm. These were specifics. It was a 6-step out those were specifics and so for a lot of times you always see on social media and you see people calling, man why did he run a six yard route when it was third and eight because the route is six yards yep period like I know that's hard for people to digest and and you wonder the mindset behind a coach why would you call a six step or a six a six yard out? when you got eight yards to go, or why does a quarterback dump it to the running back in the backfield when it's third and 12? Mm -hmm. Why do you run a draw play? It's not that they concede, but they also recognize the level of difficulty in, okay, if I drop back and put my quarterback in a position that he has to throw the ball 12 yards down the field to get a first down, and we're on the back end of our field, or we're in a position where if we have to punt, I can nail them back to near the goal line. That's the forward thinking that coaches have. Yep. So a lot of times there are times in the play in the, in, in the huddle, no doubt, that we look at each other like, dang, why you call that play? We about to go out, okay, ready break. We go and break the huddle. We're thinking, why are we calling this play? You know, at best, we all running five yard hitches yeah. across the board and we got third and twelve. You know, so they're looking for yards after catch. At the same time, but they're also looking for based on what the defense might bring and pressure, three step drops. Hey, the quarterback, I don't care. The quarterback's gonna have to get rid of the ball. Oh, they're yeah. gonna bring more people than we have to block. Even if we keep and if we keep a tight end in or if we keep a running back in, that's two less people that are out for routes. So you gotta pick your poison. Do I let all four guys run out? And hope that somebody can break a tackle? Mm-hmm. Or do I leave two people in to help block because I know they're blitzing seven? Do I leave two people in to help block and then run the risk of my two receivers that are out beating the four defensive backs yeah. that are back there?
1: And on the, oh, go ahead. Go I was going to speak on the opposite end of that. You know, when it comes to be, uh, playing defense against those teams um, where it's a third and 10, third and 12, and they run a draw. It's important to not be predictable and know and 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 let the offense know what you're going to do because mm-hmm. it's those downs where you know it's third and twelve and they run that draw and they get it. That's because they knew exactly what we were going to do. That's because we've done it so many different times throughout the game because they've been in those situations. They have seen what we were going to do and they game plan against us. So, it, like you said before, it's always it's 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 so many different things that goes into it. But I think the most important thing is knowing what your what the opposing team is going to do versus uh, versus you on this on this down. There's no such thing as a dumb
0: football player. There are football players that do dumb stuff. Yes. There are athletes and other humans that do dumb stuff, but you cannot be a dummy and be a, an NFL football player with all the information and studying and, and film and tendencies that come into your face and change every single week. Yep. I still got a playbook. My last playbook was against the Raiders in 1998. It was the last playbook I had because I retired in 99. I still got it. Got it in my car. The If you can picture a ream of paper that you would buy at Walmart or Staples or wherever – that's the playbook for one week back then. Now, everything's electronic now. It's on iPads and so on. But back then, it, we got a ream of paper on Monday. Mm-hmm. It was all the plays from every aspect, offense, special teams, short yardage, goal line, game plans, plays, special teams, etc. And then on the following Monday, we would throw it all in a shredder bin. Yep. And then another coach would give us another entire ream of paper. For the next week and the next opponent, you cannot be dumb and absorb all that, and then go and do it when somebody is trying to decapitate you on the other side of the field. Yep. If somebody is trying to come out on a on a trap block or, or, or we used to do crackback blocks on linebackers, if, if Joe you're at that worst. linebacker position and you didn't do any of your studying, and we came and ear hold you, that's real. That, oh, yeah. That's real. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, don't buy into the myth of the whole dumb athlete thing. Athletes dumb do jock, dumb I never got stuff. it. Young people do dumb stuff. Young people with money do dumb stuff. Yep. But they ain't no, no dummies can play in the NFL in, in, in any professional athletic uh, league.
1: Yeah, they've always – I mean, and this dates back to, you know, everybody being in high school being called a dumb jock. You yeah. only good for playing football, this, this. Well, you, you got to be pretty smart can no average Joe come out on this field and apply what they learned learned in the classroom and apply it to the field. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. And so, know
0: every multiple positions oh, yeah. on the field. Like as a wide receiver, I didn't know the Z, the X, the E. I needed to know tandem personnel. I needed to know each position on the fly. Not to think about it, but just to be called in the huddle and go and then special teams, yep. and, I, and all that is encompassed in every single game. And to do it at a level full speed It's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to know it and be able to apply it full speed without hesitation.
1: Yeah. You know the the crazy thing is is being out there on the field, there there's no time to think. So you can't be thinking. You had already thought it. You already thought it. You yeah. already worked through it. You've already done your research. You have you done your studying. You know, you've been in the classroom. You've done every single thing. You've had every single look on the practice field um, you know, during the week of. There's no way you can think about it while you're out there on the field. No. Now during that time, you know what's gonna happen. So it's all about you being able to react. And I'm speaking from a defensive guy like this it was no way that we can, you know, go out there and just sit there and wonder, okay, I got to – and have a brain fart.
0: Yeah, I think I, think I remember. I think yeah, I, I think remember. I, oh, is, oh, where's what my help? Yeah, or where, yeah.
1: You know, where's this guy no, going to be? it Oh, what was the call? What are the D-line doing? How did I set it? All of those things have to be second nature, and you have to be able to run through it so quickly because at the end of the day, if you lose one second – that's a second. It's a second loss, and that's where the offense can get the get the leg up on you.
0: Yeah. Uh. In front of nine one three. What about an NFL halftime? What about what an NFL halftime is like? That's pretty much it. You got guys that are fine tuning different things. It's not an overhaul of anything. You know, you're not. You don't have guys screaming and yelling like in high school. You don't have that rah rah guy or anything like that. You have guys sitting on their stools, drinking some water. Yeah. You know. Got a towel over their head, trying to relax, and coaches just speaking
1: to them, just like we're speaking to you. Hey, and it, it was more that went into that message too. It said, "Thank you for the answer. That was fantastic stuff. I coach high school here locally, and we can make about two adjustments at half. I mean, you know, when it comes to dealing with high school guys, it, it takes a little bit more time because it, it it takes so much for them to process being able to not only go out there and know what they're doing, but to know what other people are doing as well,
0: and and to know the game enough. Yes. And you know, I'm very fortunate. Like I, I do the broadcast for the Chiefs, and Mitch Holtus obviously is the magic man behind the mic. So I'm alongside him, and I get a chance to paint the color of the game, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I see the game differently. We see the game differently. It doesn't mean we see it better than the general fan. We just see it differently. Yeah. So a play could come across the screen. We got two TVs in here running uh, uh, ESPN and NFL Network. If they run a play right now, both of us can tell you just off of the play at regular speed, we could tell you pretty much what all 22 people did on the field. Yep. Yep. Just like that. And why the decision was made. For the quarterback to throw a swing route, or the quarterback to take the ball and run it, run with it, or take the sack, or what have you. Mm -hmm. Why? What was happening with the offensive line? We just see it different because we've seen it so many times that it's like second nature.
1: Yeah. And depending on the view, you can actually tell what's going to happen beforehand. Oh yeah. Yeah. So guys, this guys,
0: I think Derek Derek uh, Johnson is on the morning show with Bob Fesco, Mm. and he's like, hey. I watch the games, and normally on any other team, I can I can see probably seventy five percent of it plays. I can tell they're going to happen beforehand. Yep. He's like with the Chiefs, he can see it lesser because they're so creative. But yeah. for other teams, it's like seventy five percent. And to be honest, for most of most NFL players, especially the ones that were real studious, probably around the same amount. Yep. And that's the real deal. All right, we're gonna come back. We got halftime approaching us julio's all in my ear yelling at me like a coach (laughs) feel like i'm back in the locker room but we got players only coming back after halftime we are going to tackle the chris jones COVID situation and just the players perspective about around this situation and how we would react also there's some draft talk about guys getting replaced after being drafted first round first or second year Uh i want to talk about that too is players only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, uh.
1: You gotta rock with that one for a little bit.
0: I got these I like bars, Julio. Cool. I got these bars next week. Uh. I got some bars for you. Uh. What you? What
1: you? Mm. What you got? The hiccups over there? No. Dang. If anything, you giving them to me. Like, I'm from uh,
0: Jersey, son. We got bars. We grow nah, up with bars. Nah, you lead that. born with bars and from Jersey.
1: You lead that to what the guys that about? can actually spit bars. What
0: you talking about, man?
1: Yeah, nah. yeah, Nah, you spit skills, X's and O's. Yo. I got you,
0: skills. X's and Don't bring and O's. me back to my Jersey roots right now. I've been in the
1: Midwest.
0: I've <laughs> been in the Midwest for a long time. Uh-oh. Halftime's yeah, t- over. We're getting wild. We, I guess we didn't drink our water at halftime. We drank we drank something else, something
1: yeah, spicy. A sugary beverage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we're back anyway. That's Joe Mays. I'm and Hughes, players only. Our friends at US Bank got our back. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help. Turn it into your next pursuit. Mm-hmm. Text line, phone line is still open. 913-576-7610. Uh, yeah, we got some. We got some good ones from the yeah. 913. Hey, fellas, question: How many adjustments can you make in an NFL halftime? I think we already talked yeah, about. Yeah, we that. talked about that one. Yeah, yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You can make a. You can make a bunch.
1: A, a ton, and yeah. you have to be able to to go out there and and, and perform it because if yeah. you don't, then that that could be you know just you know how you can lose your job for and sure. And ultimately, we talked about that the one. coach
0: has to recognize how far he can go with adjustments to the point where the player is not thinking. Right. Well, you gotta gotta know the balance. You gotta know your personnel, like we always say. You gotta know your personnel and what they can deal with and what they can handle, and still go out and play full
1: speed. Yeah, sometimes some some younger guys they can't pick it up as quickly, so mm-hmm. it, they will limit the amount of adjustments that they make, so that they he won't be out there thinking or you know overplaying something when you know, and 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 lose out. So yeah, you got to keep it real short.
0: Yeah, from the nine one three. I don't even know why I should give this even some love because he <laughs> talking about uh, actually. Uh, guys across town, another sta- uh, station always talk, always saying Marty couldn't draft a quarterback. Goes to Bolts, drafted Breeze and Rivers. It's not that you can't. It's just that you decide based on your position in the draft that there were other needs that needed to be met. Yep. And given, like I match Marty's resume up against any coach, not named Andy Reid, Bill Belichick and Tom Landry and some of those other guys from the past, Parcells. Anybody else, you match his his resume up, uh, and it's unfortunate that we didn't get it done for him. But one of the greatest coaches to ever be a part of the game. Absolutely. All right, guys, so we got a situation where Chris Jones has come in contact with someone with uh, the COVID and uh, now is in jeopardy, likely not going to play this week against the Panthers. Uh, first and foremost, you hope the you know, the best and the health and uh, prayers for him and whoever that person was and whoever's been around that person because this pandemic or this disease has affected people differently.
1: Oh, absolutely. Regardless
0: of what you hear in regular media or media that want to downplay it, it there are, have been people that have had serious effects uh, – at younger younger ages and older ages as well, and the one thing I had a conversation, huge one, um, with someone in the past about this, uh, and not knowing what could happen to that person in the future. I mean, yeah. there's things that could happen to us during football, whether it's things with injuries, we get hit in the head or what have you, that we don't know until 50 years old or down the road where those things can affect us. So, yeah. There's things that are out there. So during this, you, you have empathy, and that's a situation, not just a football impact, but a personal impact that we need to be aware of and keep him up in our prayers.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Whenever you're you're doing everything that you can to try to make sure that you're staying healthy, you're trying to make sure you stay out the way, you don't contract anything. Um, unfortunately, you know, you do have other people that go out and about, and um, they may catch it, and you just, just so happen to be in the, in the vicinity and – um, unfortunately, you you get it. So I, th- I think the main thing is people need to stop thinking that this is some type of myth or it, it's not, like, real. Yeah,
0: it's because real. Because COVID
1: is real. A lot of people have lost lost their lives, whether they were older or younger. Um, we You know, with me having, me and my wife, us having the wellness center that we have, we've been able to center. Shout, out Leia center, Leia center, shout out to um, We've been able to help 30 or so-plus people come back from a positive COVID testing. And it's people here in Kansas City, people all across the world, all across the U.S. that we've been able to help. And And uh, uh, let's make a a disclaimer
0: that it's not – you're not promoting like you guys
1: no. are uh,
0: uh, a remedy for it. You are just helping people re- as they recover. As they recover, you're helping them recover and continue to boost
1: forward in a natural in a natural way instead yeah. of putting medications in your system. I'm not saying that we're better than anyone. I'm just you know speaking. And you're speaking not on- a vaccine or I'm anything like, vaccine, like that. I'm not a vaccine. You're yeah, just helping people. Just helping people yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a real thing, man, and, and it's it's scaring a lot of families out there and. Um, fortunately enough when it comes to being an athlete you're in such great shape you're able to come back from it as quick as possible but at the same time you have to make sure that you're taking care of the people around you and they're keeping you uh, you know keeping you and your thoughts close to them as well so yeah he's going to come back stronger than ever ready to play but for now he just has to take care of himself take care of his health and come back
0: well for all the listeners out there if you're first tuning in to Players Only, or if you've been a person that's listened to Players Only for the last three years, you will know one thing: we are very undisciplined with time. Very, very undisciplined. We get rolling, <laughs> especially if Sean Barber is in the building. Julio, he's got, he's gonna get us one of those um, shock collars, and he's just gonna start pressing buttons over there. Oh yeah, and, and, when, and shock us when it's time to move on. <laughs> we. We were coachable as players. We're not coachable in the booth. But that's cool because we always get going on really cool topics. And it sounds like, or it looks like, from the text line and calling line, that people appreciate it. But we got to go to a break. Coming upon fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, every show, we got to talk about the preview. The Chiefs got the Panthers coming up. Let's talk about it next. Struggling. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.
1: Yes, sir. We're back. Players only. Joe Mays, what dance is that you doing over there? Oh man, you know what? I'm, that's I'm, something from Chicago. I'm sitting in the chair. I'm just bouncing, man. I'm shaking my shoulders a little bit. I'm, I'm digging the music. We're gonna man. get a video. We're gonna get a video in here someday. I think. I think we should just to see how silly we are and how we, <laughs> you know, we just in here having fun, man. That's yeah. what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. If you listen to us in the past, you know that's the number one thing have you probably fun. take away from our show is that we have a good time. Sean Barber is normally here. You got the 785, where's barbershop, at? where's barbershop tonight, and could you guys sign my jerseys of all three of you if I mailed them to Intercom? Be, yes, we definitely would sign them, no problem at all. I can't vouch for Barbershop because he took the night off, but he, I know he's listening.
1: That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Barbershop may want to check, too. But we also got the 913. They want to talk about Willie Gay. What you got? Hey, you know what? I like Willie Gay. He's getting the experience that he need that he needs in order for him to become the player that the that the Chiefs expected him to be when they drafted him. So, um, you know, of course, you you want to see a little bit more, and you're going to see a little bit more. He has a whole another half a season um, ahead of him to get better. So, um, that's what we're going to expect for him to do. But he's he's definitely emerging. Uh, you know what? I'll, also, let me go back to the text line. We have a text message from seven eight five Mike Tomlin. Now they talk about Mike Tomlin. He is one of the great coaches. In the NFL today, and I, I believe that. I mean, if people haven't really been paying attention or don't know, he just won his hundred and fortieth regular season game, passing Tony Dungy. Now, everybody who anybody who knows Tony Dungy, they know how amazing of a coach he is and how amazing of a man he is Easy. as well. Yep. Mike Tomlin just surpassed him for the most wins in regular season history. That lets you know how great of a how great of a coach he is and not and of course you know a lot of people say he's a great black coach yeah he's a great black coach but he's a great coach altogether yep i think if you if you poll any of all the coaches in the NFL he's going to be in the top 3 for sure and the tenure that he's had at
0: one organization and the age that he took over yeah from that organization i mean i think he was right around the same age as Lane uh, uh, Lane Kiffin was when he came in. Oh, yeah. And what he's done has been absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, Mike Tomlin definitely deserves a lot of credit, one credit to to be eclipsing Tony Dungy as the winningest black coach, but also – as his players referenced, as we're referencing one of the great coaches to ever be in the NFL.
1: Yeah, he's going in the Hall of Fame. They yeah. both are. Yeah. Dungy, yeah. I mean, Dungeon. Well, yep. Tony yeah, Dungey yeah, yeah. is. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna soon follow for sure.
0: Absolutely. Chiefs Panthers. We got it going on this week. Joe, what do you see in this matchup? Teddy Bridgewater run CMC yeah. coming into town. They got some
1: talent. Oh, they got some. They, and they playing. They playing pretty well for for a team that was supposed to come in and not win too many games. Um, they've been they've been uh, they they've competed, and I think that's that's what you want to see um, as a first year coach bringing in a new system, bringing in a, a ton of guys that wasn't with the team previously. You want them to come together and play as a team and compete week in week out, and that's what they've been doing. Um, so it, it's going to be no different. I think they get McCaffrey, McCaffrey back for this game. Yep. Um, he's been hurt for the last few weeks, so. Um, look for him to get the ball a lot early and often, and I mean, of course, he he he's about fifty percent of the offense whenever he's playing anyway, whether it's rushing or catching the ball. And then let's not let's not sleep on Teddy Bridgewater. You know, this guy, a lot of people don't really give him the credit that he deserved. This guy can he can definitely go out there and, and sling the ball, and he he knows how to control the team and manage the game. So. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a good game. I, I feel like you know the Panthers are going to come in, they're going to compete, and they're going to give everything they got to the Chiefs, but and, and but you know still fall at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs are a better team, but Absolutely. the Panthers are much better than the Jets and probably comparable in many respects to a normal Raiders team. Yep, Raiders played their best game. Here, several weeks ago, we played our not so best game, and they still they won by eight points, one touchdown. So I kind of see the Panthers in that zone. They're three and five on the season. Uh, numbers are okay uh, when you look at the matchups. They obviously they'll get a boost from having Christian McCaffrey yep. come back. Who's uh, one of the best, if not the best, arguably uh, running backs or playmakers, Utility dual threat, yep. yeah, dual threat running backs in the NFL. And has been so since pretty much he burst on the scene. Yep. Uh, they got a, a young defense, Jeremy Chin, that name. Not many people recognize that name. I've been able to call Missouri Valley football. You went to North Dakota State. Yep. He went to uh, Southern Illinois. He's a Saluki. Yep. And I, I actually called probably one or two of his games for his whole career. A very, very good player. What I would call a Swiss Army knife, which if you listen to the broadcast, you'll probably hear me reference it. He is a guy that can make plays all over the field. So, yes, this will be a good game. It's great to be home for a second week. The Chiefs and the fans coming out with great weather. Looks like it might be the last bit of great weather we have here in the Chiefs kingdom. But it's going to be a great weekend. And we appreciate everybody tuning in. Another week of Players Only I think we got more listeners because Barbershop wasn't here. Uh-oh. Barbershop. I, hope I know you, you heard listening. that out there. I
1: know you're listening.
0: I know you are listening. Appreciate you, listening you. Barbershop. Julio. <laughs> Joe, we'll be back next week. Even after the bye, we'll talk about the bye and we'll give some mid-season grades next week as well. So definitely tune in. Players only, we're out. Peace. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.